Good afternoon to all the listeners out there. Welcome to the 10th week of your favorite podcast, Started from the Bottom. Of course, you are listening to myself, Caleb Nixon, alongside Joey Polizzi. For our 10th week, we are stepping back into the world of baseball and featuring a story that is unlike any of our previous episodes. Sit back and relax as you learn about MLB All-Star Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton was born on May 21st, 1981 to Linda and Tony Hamilton. He was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. He also grew up alongside his older brother, Jason. His parents were both great athletes growing up while his father played football and baseball and his mother continued her career into amateur softball. She was considered great in amateur softball while Josh's father worked at a ditch witch dealership. He began playing Little League at a young age alongside future MLB catcher Landon Powell. His father was very hard on him, but wanted him to be great at the sport. As he ventured into high school, he began to attend Athens Drive High School. During his high school stint, he pitched while also playing in the outfield. He began receiving comparisons to New York Yankee Paul O'Neill. Hamilton stood at six foot four and weighed 200 pounds while running the 60-yard dash in 6.7 seconds. During his junior season, he became highly noted and started pitching at 96 miles per hour. His bat was also spectacular, something that no one had ever seen before in high school. During his senior year, as you may assume, teams began to walk him because of his ability to bat. Therefore, he did not have many opportunities to show off his bat. However, he did bat 529 with 13 home runs and 35 RBI. He also got his pitching speed up to 97 miles per hour while only losing one game in his eight decisions. As a result, he was named North Carolina's Player of the Year while making the cover of Baseball America. Remind you, this is all at the age of 18 years old. He was nearly guaranteed to be a top five pick in the upcoming MLB draft. Of course, this does not sound like the average episode for Started from the Bottom. Josh grew up a talented baseball player and had everything going for him. However, you are about to find out why and how he had to start from the bottom and earn his excellence in the MLB. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays had the first pick in the 1999 draft. The organization was going into its second year of existence and was looking for a star player. With the first pick, they went with the highly touted prospect, Josh Hamilton. Hamilton signed a $3.96 million bonus. He assumed he would spend some time in the minors before playing in the majors. He joined the Princeton Pirates in the Appalachian League and then went to the Class A Hudson Valley where he joined the Renegades. Then in 2000, he joined the Charleston River Dogs of the South Atlantic League. He excelled in all of these leagues and was becoming closer to joining the majors. However, in July of the year 2000, Josh twisted his knee while trying to catch a fly ball and was diagnosed with a torn lateral meniscus. He did recover nicely and came back in 2001 as the game's top-rated prospect by Baseball America. However, he suffered another setback when him and his parents got into a car accident. Josh suffered back injuries while his mother was badly injured. He played 23 games that next season, but his back never felt right. He was then sent to the DL. After this, he began running around with a group of people that hung out at a tattoo shop. 
Josh would then get a lot of tattoos, leading to his first experience with alcohol and drugs. Tampa Bay forced him to see a sports psychologist, but when doctors told him he was too dependent on his parents, Josh decided to walk out of rehab. He did get to come off the DL, but shortly after, he tore a quadriceps muscle, ending his season. After recovering, he joined the Arizona Fall League, but got hurt two games in and went home. He continued his constant use of alcohol and drugs. Injuries continued to nag him, and he finally got surgery on his elbow and shoulder, hoping to recover by the start of the 2003 season. However, Josh failed a drug test and was suspended. From this point forward, he had an extremely hard time staying clean. Every time he failed a drug test, the MLB suspended him for 12 more months. He returned to North Carolina, put baseball on hold, and continued to use substances. He used an above average amount of cocaine and alcohol that most people would not be able to survive from. He tried stopping, but he didn't try that hard. He could not kick his habits. After meeting businessman Mike Chadwick, who lectured him about quitting, Josh found something that would hopefully change his life. He became close with a group of people that wanted to help him get over these habits. One of them was Chadwick's daughter, who Josh would go on to marry. Josh and Katie had a child together after Josh told Katie he was clean, but he did lie. They had $200,000 left from Josh's signing bonus. They were going to buy a house, but Josh took that money and bought drugs. His wife kicked him out of the house and his newly born daughter was without a father. He had lost 50 pounds while looking extremely pale. He was at rock bottom. He began working his way back up. He got a job at the winning inning complex where he cleaned restrooms and took care of the field. He slept on an air mattress in one of the offices. And after completing his duties, he was able to use the facility for baseball. And this is where he began his comeback. He had one opportunity to throw to some college kids and he threw 95 miles per hour. He was still talented, but had a long way to go. Although Josh had only been clean and sober for eight months, Major League Baseball was extremely impressed by his progress and they allowed him to get back on the field. Tampa Bay still held his contract. However, that made the next turn of events a little surprising. After the 2006 season, Josh was taken by the Chicago Cubs in the Rule 5 draft. Tampa Bay had decided to leave him, Hamilton, off its 40-man roster, thinking nobody would gamble on a player with that kind of pass. The team was very wrong. Actually, Chicago's move of the prearranged deal with the Cincinnati Reds who needed outfielder stuff. The Reds paid $100,000 to the Cubs for their third pick in the draft. So as a result, Josh made the Reds in 2007 a part of a power-packed outfield with Ken Griffey and Adam Dunn. Josh had his ups and downs during the season, and so did the Reds. By midseason, he had found his groove. After 298 bats, Josh was hitting close to 300 and had 19 home runs. He was, by any measure, an unqualified success. The Rangers, on the other hand, who we know Josh played for most of his career, had scouted Josh a lot throughout the 2007 season. They were convinced that he had turned the corner. After much debating, the Reds managed to get Edson Volquez, the club's top pitching prospect from the Rangers, and Danny Herrera, another young hurler, for Hamilton. So after one solid season, 
Hamilton was finally a Texas Ranger. The Rangers were right about Hamilton and that he had turned a corner because he had a fantastic 2008 season. He finished the season with a batting average of 304, 32 home runs, and led the AL with 130 RBI. He also made his first All-Star appearance and finished seventh in MVP voting. The following season was a rough one for Hamilton in terms of injuries. In May, he needed surgery for an abdominal tear. However, playing only 89 games was good enough for Hamilton to make his second straight All-Star appearance. Then, in 2010, this was by far Hamilton's best season in the pros. He led the league in batting average, 359, plugging, 633, and OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, at 1.044. He also hit 32 home runs and 100 RBI. For his phenomenal season, he won his first MVP award, even while missing 29 games. More importantly, Hamilton was named MVP of the ALCS and advanced his team all the way to the World Series. However, the Rangers would lose 4-1 to the Giants. Then the next two seasons, Hamilton was still playing at an elite level. In both seasons, he was a key piece for the Texas Rangers. In 2010, Hamilton had 25 home runs and 94 RBI while betting 298. Once again, he made his fourth straight All-Star appearances. And again, the Rangers saw themselves in the World Series, who would once again lose in seven games to the Cardinals this time. In 2011, Hamilton hit 43 home runs to go along with 128 RBI. For the fifth straight year, Hamilton was an All-Star selection. Although many thought he should have won the MVP again, he only finished fifth in MVP voting this time, even after his remarkable hitting numbers. However, after the 2012 season, Hamilton was never the same player. In the offseason, Hamilton agreed in principle for a five-year contract worth $125 million with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim at the time. In his first season, he hit only 250 with 21 home runs and 79 RBI, his worst batting performance since his rookie season. Then, following season, Hamilton batted 263 with 10 home runs and 44 RBI. In the ALDS against the Kansas City Royals, Hamilton actually went hitless, going 0 for 13 overall. LA Angels fans started booing Hamilton during the game. In response, Hamilton stated to the Orange County Register that it was laughable that fans were booing him and that, quote, he didn't play for the fans in the stands, but for other players, end quote. During February 2015, Hamilton underwent shoulder surgery to repair the AC joint. While he was recovering, it was revealed that he had relapsed in his drug addiction, which he voluntarily reported to the MLB. As a result, the Angels did not want him back. Also, the MLB stated that this was not a part of their suspension, so Hamilton was not suspended for this. However, Hamilton was traded back to the Rangers on April 27, 2015, for cash or a player to be named later. After spending most of that season in the minor leagues, Hamilton only played 50 games for the Rangers, where he had 253 with eight home runs. The following season, Hamilton began it on the 15-day disabled list. On May, 5th, on May 25th, 2016, it was announced that Hamilton would not participate for the entire 2016 season after undergoing knee surgery 
for the third time in nine months. Texas Rangers would resign Hamilton to a minor league deal in 2017 with the intention of trying him out at first base. However, it was revealed that Hamilton was experiencing discomfort in his left knee once again, the same knee that underwent surgery in June 8th of the previous season. So the Rangers decided to release him and ultimately ending Josh Hamilton's nine-year career in the majors. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good career, uh, if anything, as we were talking about a little bit before. There's a chance he could be signed, but we, we highly expect that he'll remain retired. And, you know, it's it did turn out to be good for him. I mean, you have a lot of all-star appearances on top of an MVP award. He made two World Series as well. Obviously wasn't able to win either of them, but it was good to see him get his team, you know, to the biggest stage in baseball. Yeah, and you, you always like to see guys who – you know, kind of dig themselves out of a hole and we'll get to it. But, you know, he's big, big drug addict, big alcohol addict. So if, for him to dig out of that, play baseball at an MVP level, leading his teams to literally back-to-back World Series appearances. The Rangers, they weren't a good team before, you know, Josh Hamilton, but they got Josh Hamilton and it seemed like that franchise was, was about to be turned around. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we talked about, you know, his childhood, he was childhood and teenage. I mean, both of them, he was just, he had expectations and, you know, he was expected to be good. Um, he had comparisons to Paul O'Neill. He played with Landon Powell. Um, he went to a pretty good high school and I mean, he's pitching 96, 97 miles an hour or miles per hour um, while also just getting walked quite a bit because of how well he can bat and you know, as a high schooler, if you're getting North Carolina Player of the Year, um, you're getting on the cover of Baseball America, you know what is upon you. You know the expectations that you have. And it was just pretty crazy to see him have that high uh, of expectations at that age. Yeah, it's also crazy how he was a fantastic hitter. You know, big boy, 6'4". So he was getting a lot of power hits there, but... He also threw 96, 97 miles per hour. So that's crazy in itself at, what is it, 16, 17 years old in high school. That's, that's absolutely crazy. So that's really very interesting why Hamilton didn't become a pitcher in the major leagues. Yeah, it is interesting. And, you know, he's he obviously had the speed. He did a lot of pitching for his high school. Um, but, you know, you see that more. Uh, they will adjust to different positions as they progress into the majors. But, you know, that is a that is a great question. I guess we'll never know why he never had the opportunity to be a pitcher. Um, he definitely had the the arm speed and uh, ability to be able to pitch. And so, as we said, um, he was a nearly guaranteed top five pick. Um, and as we said, he was the first pick. So, I mean, it wasn't even top five. It was just here. He, here's the best prospect in the draft. It's Josh Hamilton. We want him. And, you know, we talked about it before. I mean, it's it's a very different started from the bottom story. He he really hit top first before he hit bottom. And, and that's something, you know, you don't see it too often, probably more so less than what the stories were remarking at right now, where, you know, you see an athlete basically at the top, your number one pick in the draft of your sport. That's basically the top of what you can be at your age. But he's just we're just going to see him go down and. It's just – it's a story that, like I said, you don't see it too often, Joey. Yeah, this is one of the 
I think one of the only two players that we've done that got selected in the first round, the other one was Jimmy Butler. But, you know, he had a different, you know, started from the bottom. His was in childhood, and we got to that uh, early on in our episode. I believe it was like the first or second week. But this is different for Josh Hamilton. You know, he lived great family. You know, they were on him for playing baseball. He was a great baseball player. Like, everyone knew he was going number one, and he went number one because he was so good. But it's what happened after all that. That's why he started from the bottom and had to work his way up. Yeah, absolutely. And so he got three point, basically close to $4 million worth of a bonus. And I mean, you got to imagine he's getting this bonus while being guaranteed to go to the minors. He was expecting to go to the minors. Um, him and his family assumed that he would be in the minors for a couple of years as he continues to develop. And of course he was, um, he was um, with the Princeton Pirates. He was in the class A Hudson Valley um south atlantic league he had his stints from you know different minors and uh it wasn't until 2000 where he suffered his first you know i think really 2000 and 2001 is when he started this process of going towards the bottom not being at the top anymore and going towards the bottom and in 2000 we see him have a torn lateral meniscus and in 2001 we see a car crash and uh with his family and so really this is just the start to the downfall for him. Yeah, it's at this point that, you know, probably why he starts using drugs and why he's using alcohol too. So I think that's a major reason, you know, injuries. It's, but sometimes people use drugs to try to heal themselves. That's what happens sometimes. So I guess this is what he was trying to do. And I guess he was just in a bad place with himself, mentally, physically. So he got into drugs and it led him down a bad path for a couple of seasons. Yeah, and so, as Joey said, the couple seasons that – and, you know, I got to imagine injury has to play some role in it. You know, it's hard to just latch on to drugs and alcohol unless you're an addict and need it for some reason. Um, but it could have also been influenced by the group of people that he was hanging out with. And, you know, I mean, Josh before hanging out with this group uh, apparently was just, you know, a nice kid. I mean, he wasn't – he wasn't seemed to be – I guess, like touted like these other kids were. Um, but so he did. He started hanging out with the wrong group of people, and that's what can happen. Uh, and so when he did get addicted to this stuff, he did get sent to a sports psychologist. And, you know, the craziest part to me about that is the doctors told him he was too dependent on his parents. And so what his parents would do, even after he graduated high school, they, you know, they followed him in the minors. His mom would still cook him meals. They would basically, basically still take care of him. And I believe they also just, you know, kept track of his money as well. And you got to imagine this is in the 2000s, early 2000s. He's still 18, 19, maybe 20 years old. So, I mean, he's still a young kid and he really never had the opportunity to learn how to live by himself. But at the same time, his parents were just, you know, they weren't helping him learn at all. They were just trying to take care of him the same way they did as a child. Yeah, I think, uh, just a major reason why that is he didn't go to college. I think college, you, you really learn how to be on your own. You really, you know, kind of understand, you know, life in itself. And he didn't go, he, he got drafted out of high school. So he's always been living with his parents. He always just knows being around his parents. So I think not going to college actually really hurt him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely. I mean, it's an experience that I feel like forms every kid into adult. Um, even though like you're just hitting that age of adulthood. And so he never really stuck with rehab. 
he tried coming back from the DL where he got put from injury. Uh, just didn't work out. I mean, he got hurt. He got he, he tore a quadriceps muscle ending that season. And then the next season, he got hurt once again. Uh, and he just said, that's it. And he continued to use alcohol and drugs, kind of put baseball in the back of his mind. And, you know, we talked about him starting these injuries and that car crash is maybe where he started. I think this is where, you know, it's like, definite that baseball is not even in his mind anymore it's more so that he's just tired of everything and he's he's really starting to hit the bottom uh that's that's possible for him yeah he he's hitting the bottom for sure and he he was trying but he wasn't trying hard enough if you really really wanted to stop you would and he just didn't he was addicted to it and I guess the major league was just he didn't care about it anymore he just wanted to, you know, do drugs and drink alcohol. Yeah, and so the article uh, we reread here said that cocaine was, you know, the highest that highest drug that he used a lot. That's that's the one he usually went to, and obviously consumed a lot of alcohol with that. And it was pretty crazy for me reading about it um, to hear that a lot of people would not have been able to survive off of the amount of substance he. Uh, took in uh, and that's pretty crazy that just goes within itself you obviously aren't going to know the specific amount of cocaine and alcohol that he uh, abused but I mean just to know that it's it was harder for him to survive from it and he's lucky that he survived from it is just crazy in terms of how much he used it's, it's actually a very sad story because this is a guy who had potential in major league pick number one had everything going for him. And then I guess the injuries to him in the 2000s and the car crash, it just hurt him, took a toll on him. And drugs took him and the people took him down the wrong path. Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree with you. I mean, I do think this is one of, you know, the saddest stories that it's not good to see athletes, especially athletes go down this road. And, you know, you got to think there are people that go down this road and it just sucks. And you don't want it to be like that. Um, but it is good that, you know, he went back to his hometown in North Carolina and uh, some some friends of his family tried to get him help, Mike Chadwick specifically. And he started to get a group. And, you know, Chadwick's daughter um, kind of became that person that was hoping to turn Josh's life around. You know, they hadn't met for that specific reason, but it turned out that Josh, you know, they just had found a bond. And Josh was hoping that she would be able to motivate him, help him get over this. And they even had a child. So, you know, I don't think a couple has a child unless that they feel they're both healthy enough and, you know, capable of taking care of a child. So that, I think that just goes to show how much trust Katie had in Josh. And it obviously didn't work out. They had $200,000 left from Josh's signing bonus. And this is the moment where I think he hit rock bottom. When you take that remaining money left, it's supposed to go towards a house for your new, new family and you go buy drugs with it, I mean, it just goes to show how much, how, how bad it was at that point. And I think this was rock bottom for Josh. You know what's very interesting, actually? I just watched a show about two, three months ago. It's called Marion, Marion Millions. And you know who was on that show? Katie Hamilton was on that show, wow. which is very interesting. But I never knew why, like, her and Josh Hamilton – split up but I guess this was a major reason why drugs because like in the in the show it just says Katie Hampton I'm the former 
ex-wife of MLB superstar um, Josh Hamilton, but it never got into it. So now I finally know why they broke up. And if you guys are interested in seeing Josh Hamilton's ex-wife on that show, go watch. It's on Hulu, Marion Millions, it's called. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I'm not sure when they officially, you know, hit the divorce uh, and like signed it away. I want to say it was sometime a little bit later, 09, maybe something like that. But it's still, you got to imagine just being the wife here. This has got to be the start of, of their downfall in the relationship too. And that's just another reason Josh hit rock bottom. I mean, he's doing drugs. That's bad in itself, but you're also losing your wife and, and your kid that you just had. I mean, of course, all of this goes on him. This is all on his shoulders. But, you know, at the same time, it's just another thing that this is where he hits rock bottom. This is where he, he realizes he has to start his way going back up. And, you know, it's hard. I think he starts to work his way back up. He gets a job, but he doesn't have anywhere to go. And he slept on that, uh, that complex in an office. And that's pretty crazy that he didn't have anywhere to live. At this point right now, this, this is rock bottom because, you know, yeah, he had the, the drugs and alcohol, but he had a house, a roof under his head every night. Now his wife kicked him out. So now he has nowhere to stay. So he can go, like, literally go sleep on the street. That's his last resort. But he does find a job. He does sleep on an air mattress. So I think at this point, Josh Hamilton realizes that, wow, even my wife doesn't want to be with me. I need to pick it up and change my life around. And he does. He does, after this point, start to change his life. Yeah, and just, just in case any of you were wondering, um, even, even after his wife kicked him out, his parents also didn't want him back in their house. Um, and you can probably imagine why. I mean, just because of everything he was using. Um, you know, maybe it was a, a, a term of motivation that his parents were trying to put on him. But, you know, they, they, they did not want him back in his house. So he really had nowhere to go. And it's crazy. Like you said, Joey, I mean, he's at rock bottom, but he does find a way to get back up. Um, the MLB became impressed enough with his progress to get him back on the field. And then he goes into the Rule 5 draft. Very interesting in the Rule 5 draft, actually. So you got teams, you got a lot of teams involved. You got the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, you got the Cubs and the Reds. It could have been the, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays could have had Josh Hamilton. And who knows what he probably would have been good with them as well and could have turned their franchise around all the way 10, 12 years ago. But, you know, they didn't. They actually, the Cubs had the shot at Josh Hamilton, and they decided to trade it to the Reds. So thinking about the Rays could have had him, then the Cubs could have had him, but ultimately he, let, he ended up being with the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, and so he goes to the Reds, and, you know, the Reds paid 100 k to the Cubs for that third pick in the draft. And you, you said it uh, throughout the story, the, the Reds needed outfielding. Um, they had Ken Griffey and Adam Dunn, but – they needed, uh, they needed some more outfielding depth. Um, and so he got there. He did have his ups and downs. But like you said, by midseason, he found his groove. And, you know, again, you got to think if he's at the bottom, he's getting back up that ladder now. I mean, he's he's starting to climb his way back up. And by the end of the season, he's batting 300 and had 19 home runs. I mean, that's a pretty good start just from being, you know, a year or two off of your addiction. Yeah, 100% this is. Now Josh is turning points to now, you know, being the player that he was supposed to be out of high school, first round overall pick. He was starting to get there. 
But the thing that doesn't make sense by the Reds is that they said they needed outfielder help. But then the next year, they went on to go trade him because they had Jay Bruce coming up, who was a young, talented star and outfielder in itself. So it doesn't make sense why the Reds moved up, paid 100 k to get that third pick, to so eventually trading him a year later. Yeah, it is a, it is a weird subject and or a weird concept there for the Reds. Um, you know, they, they had a young prospect coming up, so you never know. But he did go to the Texas Rangers, and that was his home where, uh, you know, he made the biggest name for himself. And you said it. I mean, that's – he is 2008 season. I'm sure the Reds regretted it after that season. I mean, he batted 304 with 32 home runs, and he led the American League in RBIs. That's that's pretty crazy in itself. And he got his first all-star appearance here and, you know, was getting to that into that conversation of one of the best in baseball while finishing seventh in MVP voting. Yeah, he's getting there. This is the ultimate turning point now for Josh Hamilton. Fantastic season. 304, 32 home runs, 130 RBI. This is where everyone's like, Josh Hamilton is going to be an MVP one day. And it seems like the Reds, Cubs, and Double Race, they have to be looking back and then say, damn, what did we do? Why did we not take him with the third pick for the Cubs? Or why did we not take him back for the Double Race? And why did the Reds even trade him? So this is where Hamilton's like, I'm turning around. Let's go. Yeah, and he did. I mean, that next year he had a little bit of injury issue as well, but he still managed to make the all-star game in only 89 games. So that's impressive. He was putting together a good stint, but, you know, injuries come in once in a while. It's still good that the league recognized him as one of their best and and inducted him into the all-star game. Um, but that next year, I think, is where he hits the peak of his baseball once again. You know, he's reaching this – uh, potential that he had in high school. He's reaching those expectations finally. He bats 3-5-9 while slugging 6-3-3, 32 home runs, 100 RBIs, and of course, probably the biggest accolade of his career, if not uh, maybe behind the World Series appearances, but he wins MVP. And I think right now, this 2010 season is when Josh Hamilton realizes, you know, I'm back, I'm here. I'm healthy. I feel good. I'm, I'm off the drugs. I'm off the alcohol and, you know, I'm back to baseball, which is what I love doing. It's just, it's crazy. The journey of Josh Hamilton, this is why we're talking about him. Now he didn't start from the complete bottom of his childhood, but he did start from the bottom in his teenage, late teenage years, early twenties. And he worked his way up to being addicted, being kicked out of his house, to taking a job, working in, cleaning restrooms and taking care of a baseball field to eventually being an MVP just three years after coming back to the major leagues. Yeah. And, you know, something we haven't really talked about, but, you know, you brought it up a little bit here is, you know, the, the getting over an addiction is not easy. I, th I think that needs to be stated as well. I mean, you talk about started from the bottom, especially with the kind of addiction he had, how serious it was, the drugs he was using, I think it's a very tough journey in itself for him to get over that addiction. I mean, a lot of the times you don't see people get over these addictions. A lot of people will overdose and not even make it out of rehab. Um, but he was man he was able to manage to get over that addiction while being able to get back into the major leagues. Like, I, I think just that's a huge jump. I mean, especially like you said, within three years, he was winning an MVP award. That's crazy. It's, it's insane, the, the journey and how we just, when he got back to baseball, he was absolutely crushing it. 
I have a question. I love Josh Hamilton as a baseball player. When I was watching when I was 10, 11 years old, I was a big fan of Josh Hamilton. I just loved his big pop and his bat. Did you like Josh Hamilton? Yeah, I liked watching him too. I think he was a, a phenomenal player, just his bat, man. You, he got up to the plate. He always crushed homers. And I think that's just the game he spoke. He was a big-time hitter and probably a major reason why he didn't, he didn't pitch in the, in the pros or didn't continue pitching when he got drafted. Yeah, that's definitely true. And obviously, you know, growing up, you know, 10, 11 year old, you know, it's it's fun watching. You just love watching baseball games that have home runs. And Josh Hamilton always produced that. And, you know, as we said, I mean, that MVP year, he really hit the top of his home runs, hitting 32 and 100 RBIs. I mean, he's one of the league's best and you're batting three, five, nine. Um, that, that's very impressive. And you're sitting on the couch just as a kid and you know, that's stuff you like to watch. You, you like watching the bats going and, you know, Josh Hamilton never failed to provide that. And so, you know, that, that year was when the Giants won the World Series four to one. They, they beat the Rangers. I think it was still very impressive how Josh Hamilton led that team to the World Series. Um, not only that, but he also went back to back in appearances, but did lose to the Cardinals again. You know, talk about these World Series appearances, Joey. It's it's actually crazy how the Rangers and Josh Hamilton, man, they, they were hot come playoff time in both seasons when they made it. 2010-2011, you know, Hamilton, he won MVP of the ALCS. So he, I think he hit three, three home runs in that series. It's something in that range. But he was a big part of why the Rangers got to the first World Series. They lost. It sucked. But in the second season, they thought that they were going to make, make it and win. They made it. And they were one, I don't know if you remember this World Series, they were one strike away in game six of that World Series to winning the World Series. And they didn't, and they lost game seven, and they ultimately lost back-to-back World Series. So it was very sad for the Rangers. And kind of after this, they kind of, the team started to go downhill. Yeah, it does suck to see that just, you know, looking back on it, I'm sure you're like, man, one strike and I could have a World Series a championship, a ring, a banner in that stadium. It does suck, but I still think it's very just touted to show how how much Josh Hamilton accomplished within, especially that two-year stretch. And, you know, you could even go to the next year as well. Um, he was another all-star selection, 43 home runs, 128 RBIs. Um, a lot of people thought he should have won the MVP this year. He did finish fifth, uh, but that just goes to show, you know, I think right here, you said it, you know, we start to see him go down a little bit with injuries and his hitting goes down a little bit, but this three-year stretch, an MVP, two World Series appearances, of course, all all-star uh, appearances for him, um, just a great three-year stretch from Josh Hamilton that we saw from 2008 to about 2011. Yeah, fantastic. This guy was a guy who was hitting at least 30 home runs a year, at least 100 RBI, so you can count on him in the cleanup spot to get a hit, bring in runs. And that's why the Rangers were so successful during this five-year period. But then he goes to the Angels. And I think we, we talked about this with the over Pujols and how the Angels, they overpay for players. And, you know, Hamilton's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic player at the time. He finished fifth in the MVP. But as soon as he got to the Angels with that five-year, $125 million contract, he was never the same player again. Yeah, and it's weird just to see. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think we saw this with Pujols a little bit too. You know, the the Angels paid him 
maybe a little bit too much. Uh, it was also a 10-year contract, I believe, for Pujols. So, you know, it's a bit of a risk going that long. Um, but, you know, Hamilton, he was coming off a good year. So, of course, the Angels are going to go after him. They got the money to do so. Um, but, you know, like you said, this is where we see Hamilton kind of drop off a bit. We see him take a decrease in hits, uh, batting 2-5-0, only 21 home runs, uh, which is the worst batting performance since his rookie season. And, you know, moving into the, the, next, the next year as well, he doesn't bat much better, less home runs, and then he goes into the playoffs and doesn't even record a hit in the ALDS. Yeah, in that season, in his first season with the Angels, his 250 batting average was the worst in his career so far. I think the lowest before that was, I think it was his 289, I believe it was before this. So this was a huge, huge drop off for Josh Hamilton. And then the next season, you know, when your own fans are booing you in a playoff game, that is not good for Hamilton or for the team. So I think it was time for the Angels to start moving on from Hamilton himself. Yeah, and they did. I mean, he went he went into soul, shoulder surgery after the fans started to boo him there. Uh, it was and it was, of course, announced that he had a relapse into his drug addiction. But here is, you know, we look at all those MVPs and I said it that three year stretch. It's a great time in his life for him. He, he's basically on top of the world in terms of baseball. But honestly, looking back at this story, I think February 2015 is probably the biggest moment of Josh Hamilton's life. And I'll tell you why that is because he was able to admit that he relapsed instead of going back. I mean, he could have easily taken back that addiction. He could have told nobody he could have had drug tests by the MLB and been suspended, probably done for the rest of his life with baseball. He could have just went back to drugs, but instead he admits it voluntarily and he gets the help he needs as quick as possible. And that just goes to show the first time he got addicted to drugs and alcohol, it took him four or five years to get over this addiction. The second time he relapsed, it only took him a very short amount of time before he admitted that he needed help. Yeah, 100% props to Josh Hamilton for actually admitting it. It is extremely hard if you're a drug addict to admit that you, know, you have relapsed. So 100%, this is a stepping point for Josh Hamilton from where he was five, six years ago. But you have to think that when times are getting low for Josh Hamilton, he goes to drugs. Again, he got surgery. He injured his shoulder. So I think he went to drugs there. And, but it's props him for sticking up with it. But he has to learn that you can't go to drugs even in your worst times. Because we saw four or five years prior, he was at his best time, an MVP player. So he didn't need drugs. But now, towards the end of his career, injuries are back up again. He went to drugs. And... I can see why the Angels did not want him back. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, It's, you know, you don't want to risk that and the chance, obviously, that he could get suspended if he came back from his his rehab and he still was testing uh, positive for drugs. And so he did get traded back to the Rangers. um, Kind of a fitting, you know, scenario to wrap up his career towards the end. Uh, He didn't do too much, only two, five, three with eight home runs. A little bit more injuries towards the end of his career well as well. It's knee surgeries for the third time in nine months. And then he got signed to a minor league deal in 2017. It just didn't work out. Um, just 
kept having discomfort in that left knee, never worked out with the Rangers the second time. And so the Rangers released him. And, you know, this basically ended Hamilton's career. Um, as, as I said, though, I mean, there is that small chance that he couldn't come back. He's never officially retired, although you got to you got to assume that, you know, it's, it's probably retire, retirement for Josh Hamilton. And, you know, I don't think he has anything to look back on and regret regret. He came back from a very hard drug addiction to the point where he was able to admit his relapse. And, you know, here's the thing now he's out of baseball, most likely not going to have to worry up too much about injuries. And as you said, Joey, it seems like the constant theme with his addiction was around injuries. So, you know, if he's staying healthy, doesn't have to worry about getting injured too much. There's good hopes that he's not going to go back to drugs and alcohol and he can just live his life without those substances. We've talked about this probably in like four of 10 episodes now, maybe five or six injuries at the end of someone's career. That's just what ends a person's career. You know, Josh Hamilton, he got hurt past two seasons in 2016, 2017 or 2015, 2016. He was hurt. He had four surgeries, three on his knee, one on his shoulder. So it was, it's tough to come back from these type of injuries. So it, it's a given that Josh Hamilton, you know, no one wanted him and the Texas Rangers made a, great decision for their franchise to release him. But the interesting thing is because he was such a great baseball player for the Rangers for five, six years, won an MVP for them, made, led them to two back-to-back World Series appearances. In 2019, he was actually inducted to the Texas Rangers Baseball Hall of Fame. So props to Josh Hamilton and his journey from the top, then going to the bottom with his drug, drug then going back up to getting down, but then finally finishing up top and staying clean. I believe now he is clean for the past four or five years too. So props to Josh Hamilton. Absolutely props. And, you know, it's no better way to wrap it up than being in the Texas Rangers Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, that just goes to show, and I think that gives him credits for not only coming back to be a great baseball player, but just coming back from the bottom. And you said it, it's just, and we talked about it basically this whole episode. We brought it up in spurts. He went from the top to the bottom to the top. And that's something you don't see too often. Um, you know, we have seen athletes. Delonte West is another one right now going up through this uh, addiction. But, you know, you just don't see it too often where athletes are so highly touted. They have great expectations. And just one turn of events can change their life. And it's great to see that Josh Hamilton ended up on the right side. And like you said, being clean for four or five years, that's just – it's, it's perfect. And, and props to Josh Hamilton, like you said as well, he he's, he's in a happy spot now. And I guarantee that he's living a better life than he would be without those drugs and alcohol. 100%. And just a little side note, we were talking about Josh Hamilton and Katie Hamilton's marriage. So they started dating in 20, 2002. They got married in 2004 and they actually got divorced in 2015. It was after he relapsed from his drug addiction. So that's why, you know, they got a divorce, but interestingly, Hamilton filed for the divorce, not Katie. So I think Hamilton was doing it maybe for himself. He didn't want to put Katie into that anymore and decided to probably get a divorce from her. Yeah. And if that is true, obviously all we can do is assume, you know, but that would be great. I mean, if he's trying to look out for his family, I mean, you never know. He wanted to go back into rehab and solely focus on that process and not have to have his family worry about him any more than they have to. Um, it's just props to him. I, I think that's all we can say. 
to wrap it up for Josh Hamilton. Props to him for overcoming everything he's went through in his life and getting back to the top of Major League Baseball. So thank you for tuning in to this week of our Started from the Bottom podcast. We will be back next week for the 11th week. See you then.